0: Hello, I'm Tim Harris. This is Julie Harris and this is Real Estate Coaching Radio.
1: That's right. So make sure that you hit the subscribe button so you won't miss any future episodes. Thanks again for popping by. Hit that like button and don't forget to leave your comments and questions so we can get right back with you.
0: We will. Thank you for continuing to make our podcast, Real Estate Coaching Radio, the number one listened to podcast for real estate professionals in at least the United States. And let us know what you think about this video. Leave your comments below. Thank you. Welcome back. We've got a really fun show for all of you today. It's five must know facts about being a real estate agent. And for those of you who are already real estate agents, been a real estate agent for a long period of time, I think this will uh, be a good show reminding you of things that hopefully you haven't (laughs) forgotten about, about being a real estate agent. Before we get to point number one, I wanted to do a quick announcement um, the rumor is true. We are going to be providing at least 250 live meetup events around the United States. And it looks like we're going to be expanding these to Europe as well. These events are hosted by podcast fans, by coaching clients, by folks that are in our EXP revenue share group, and they're going to be happening in a town near you. These are events you're definitely going to want to attend. The best thing about these events is they're not, in, you know, in hotel basements, and they're mm-hmm. not going to be cold and stuffy with out, you know, outdated uh, carpet on the floors and you know horrible, uncomfortable seats. These Yuck. are live uh, meetup <laughs> events that are going to be meetups in the truest sense. They're going to be taking places at maybe a restaurants. In some uh, cases, I know someone's planning one in San Francisco at a really high-end bar. Anything and everything is up to the hosts. Would you like to be a host of one of our meetups? Would you like to attend one of the meetups? The link is below, and these uh, meetups are going to be happening throughout the year, and uh, we strongly encourage you to attend in the very least. If And when you go to the website, if there's not a link, I'm sorry, if there's not a uh, meetup in your local community already set up, go ahead and propose a meetup, and I've already authorized our events team to approve every single proposal I proposed, or I, I'm sorry, I approved for today. So if you are you know, thinking about doing an event, you think maybe your community is too rural and or you're not finding one that's near your rural community, it doesn't matter, propose one, and we'll help promote the event for you. So in other words, we're going to be announcing the events throughout the year. We're going to be highlighting some people that have successful events, and then we're hopefully going to be ringing the bell for more people to show up at your meetup events. Now, why are we doing this? Because, And by the way, nothing's for sale. You're not going to show up and all of a sudden you know, walk down the hall of vendors or anything like that. These are just Casual meetup events of like minded folks that happen to all be, you know, associated or attached somehow to Julie and I. Uh, So the link to join is below and why are we doing it? Because it's a great opportunity for frankly you to connect at a high level with a lot of other professionals in your community and as Julie and I always suggest the first thing you want to do when you're in real estate because it by real estate by its very nature is cooperative is get to know as many other real estate professionals as you can and the thing you're going to have in common with all of them is they're all podcast listeners. So that's a great starting place. Um, And if you're an EXP, it's also going to be a great way for you to potentially meet agents that also want to join EXP. And even if you're not, it's just a fun thing to do at a local hotspot. So yes, the link below to attend one of our live meetups, and we're doing 50 (laughs) in uh, two weeks, and then we're going to be doing another probably 50 or 75 the following month. Like I said, the goal is to do 250 this year. The link to attend is below, and please do RSVP at the very least.
1: Yes, yeah, super exciting. It's such a great opportunity for you to be networking with each other and share what's going on in your lives, get to know each other better on a very personalized level. Again, these are not huge meetups. These are for, for you, by you, created by you, and supported by us.
0: That's right. And yeah, Julie's heading on a high note here that we suspect that most of these uh, groups will have maybe 25, maybe, you know, maybe starting out, you're only going to get 10 or 15 people to show up. But then what's going to happen, it's going to build from there. And you're going to end up finding yourself um, heading what could be a very powerful local mastermind of real estate professionals. And we're going to help launch that for you. So do scroll down in the show description below and click the link to it. Like I said, at the very least, RSVP for your local event. If you'd like to host your already established local event, Um, throw your name in the hat, or if you'd like to uh, propose a event near you in your community and you'd like to host it, well, obviously there's a way for you to do that as well. Scroll down, click the link and let's rumble Julie Harris.
1: All right. So today's topic, five must know facts about being a real estate agent or for some of you about staying in real estate. So we're going to start with number one. I have a quick story that I think you'll remember here in a second, (laughs) but uh, five must know facts. Number one, if you haven't discovered this yet, you are A 100% commissioned salesperson. This means that if you are to succeed, it is 100% up to you. If it's meant to be, it's up to me, should be your number one affirmation. So decide to succeed immediately by following a proven plan, and don't believe anybody who says that you should expect to wait a year before your first check, or wait a couple years, or it's normal to be feast and famine. Your success is not dependent on market conditions, interest rates, home prices, who's president, or the weather. It's dependent on you. Now, why this as a first point? I don't know if you remember this, but way back when we got our uh, first real estate licenses, I would never forget on a break, I was getting a Diet Coke at the machine and this gal was who was in our classes back when all the classes were live, right, um, in a classroom, and she was packing her stuff up and one of her friends said, what What are you doing? We've still got two hours of class left. She goes, I just found out that this is 100% commission. There's no, like people pay, say that they work for an XYZ brokerage, but there's no paycheck. <laughs> I'm out. And that was the end of her licensing experience. Well,
0: it's also a good first point to start with because thinking like a 100% commission, you know, salesperson, that is definitely going to require a lot of rewiring of your brain. So I'm going to give you a real, you know, tactical reason why. So a lot of agents are getting into the business and everyone's telling them, really everyone who's only been in the business for a relatively short period of time, the way you get traction in real estate is to buy buyer leads. And there's a lot of that that's been going on for a long period of time. Julie and I have never condoned buying buyer leads because, frankly, buying buying buyer leads is – Really, for the most part, an act of futility, especially when you consider that it's so easy to generate buyer leads on your own, and we teach you how to do mm-hmm. that in the premier coaching program. But here's a hint: just do a few open houses of some, you know, strategically picked houses, and you're going to have no problem finding buyer leads. You have buyers all around you at all times. To think you're going to pay, uh, you know, in some cases up to forty to fifty percent for a buyer lead is an act of futility. It doesn't make any sense. And I want you to do the math. So when you're getting into the business or if you've been in the business for a long time and you're buying buyer leads and that's just what you thought was how everyone does it again I'm here to tell you that isn't how everyone should be doing it so let's I'm going to do some math let's start with the $10,000 commission and let's say you're on an 80-20 split with your broker. Adjust accordingly. Now, you're then going to have to pay some kind of referral fee for that lead. So you've already put 20% aside for the broker. And now you're going to pay you know, 38% if it's an op-city lead or something like 40% if it's a lead from some of these other sources. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to have other fees on top of that. Most buyers – I'm sorry. Most buyer agents that are buying buyer leads – are sometimes only making basically 15% before they are paid, before they basically pay themselves, before they pay their taxes, before they pay for the fuel for their cars and the rest of it. They would have been better off if they divide the amount of time they spent to close that buyer. They would have been in many cases better off just to work at Starbucks. And I'm not bagging on Starbucks. Starbucks pays $25 an hour in most markets. I'm just trying to open your eyes to the fact that you're going to have to start thinking about, you know, how to think differently as a commissioned salesperson. You're gonna to have to actually value your time differently because you're not, you know, you can say, well, I'm getting paid for my time. You're getting paid for the people you choose to spend the time with and if those particular that particular lead is going to result in you making, you know, let's say fifteen hundred bucks on a ten thousand dollar commission, you might want to think differently. You might want to think, well, I need to learn how to generate my own buyer leads because it's not really sustainable. And I'm going to pile on a little bit on that point. Because this is a really important point. Starting in about six months, remember we told you this, Mm -hmm. it's going to become very hairy to buy a buyer lead. The FTC has changed the rules. Julie and I talked about this, I think, two weeks ago on this podcast, and there's a new rule that's getting put in place that's going to put an end to most of the buying buyer lead businesses. In other words, the, list, the businesses that have been cultivating these buyer leads online and then selling them to usually five or six agents, the same lead, that's the reason leads don't you know aren't very good is because they're being sold to multiple agents and those poor consumers, air quotes, are getting inundated with all these agents calling them well here's what's going to happen the ftc said that is not uh going to be able to happen anymore unless you disclose to that consumer that their lead is going to be sold to a bunch of different agents And, and they agree to it well not just they agree to it but they have to actually agree as the rule is written now who they're agreeing to have the lead sold to. So I want you to imagine a consumer going to say, for example, Zillow, and they're filling out that information because they're thinking they're contacting the listing agent. You know, guys, it's designed that way, but they're really contacting a buyer's agent, you know, featured agent, whatever. Now that agent is getting that lead directly. If they're a flex agent, that lead generally is being sold directly to that agent for a referral fee of 38%, I believe. Now in the future, very soon, it's going to have to be disclosed. If the lead is being sold to multiple agents, the agents that it's being offered to or sold to have to appear in a pull-down and then the consumer is going to have to choose who in that pull-down they're having, that 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 company in particular is going to be offering their information to. Now, I want you to think about what I just said. Do you guys see how that's going to be really confusing to the consumer and how most consumers are just going to, hit, you know, frankly, not do anything? That is what's going to happen. So a lot of the... Uh, for the, so This is kind of like a, you know, a warning because this happened, um, you know, recently. A lot of you aren't paying attention to it. Again, starting in about six months, the buying buyer lead business is going to very much be in flux. And this isn't nothing to do with the commission sharing lawsuits. Yeah. All this is happening this year. Going back to Julie's point number one, being a commissioned salesperson means you have to make strategic choices and you have to be thinking about developing skills and not just hitting the easy button of buying leads
1: well here's the good news about that when you embrace this point that Tim you were great at elaborating on and facting them that this this has been true all along we've always talked about it's not good for you it's not good for your business it's not good for your finances. It's not good for your bottom line to be buying buyer leads. That's just a fact since the beginning of when it was invented, but now it's actually not going to be all that easy for you to do. Several things are going to happen there. One is that the consumer, the person going to whatever that website, your example was Zillow, they're going to have an option not to allow anybody to have their information. They're not going to be forced to say, I'm going to allow somebody. There's going to be a not allowed anybody as an option. Now, Let's say that they really want to see that particular house. They're going to opt to talk to the listing agent, which means it's even more important than ever for you to be the listing agent and to lead with that. Now, you,
0: you guys think that the commission sharing lawsuits are the big threats to buyer agency? No, They're this not. Is it. This is it. This is the, you know, this is the monster. This is the zombie apocalypse, what we just described for you. But you still have time get your acts together, frankly, and learn how to generate your own leads. So you got to keep your head screwed on straight. And remember that there is going early movers always get huge advantages. In other words, if you learn how to generate your own leads now and you do not decide to wait around to see if, you know, what Julie and I just the picture we just painted for you becomes a reality. Well, you're going to have an advantage in the marketplace as all the other agents you've been competing with now are having to play catch up. And a lot of them won't catch up. They're going to unfortunately suffer because they didn't know what we just said is true. Other brokers, other podcasts, Other YouTube people, they're not talking about this, are they? We are telling you the truth, so be prepared, point number two.
1: Point number two, you do have to follow a schedule that includes 90% of your time spent on lead-generating activities like we just talked about and 10% on everything else, not the opposite, which is the usual way. You must learn to generate business in the most efficient way possible with the least speculation and expenditure on your part. Don't spend money you don't have on leads that aren't exclusively yours. So your job as a 100% commissioned salesperson is to lead with lead generation. Every commission earned starts as a lead. The only things in your schedule should be lead generation, furiously fast lead follow-up on those leads, pre-qualifying, presenting, negotiating, and closing, lather, rinse, repeat. Now, the fact is, most days you're not going to have presenting, negotiating, and closing. That doesn't happen all day every day, which means you go back to leading with lead generation.
0: So there are a ton of people on YouTube that are telling you right now, and I watch these videos too, and they're saying, well, why would you want to, so so here's what they're suggesting. Make a bunch of YouTube videos. Do a bunch of social media. Get people calling you. Do a bunch of Instagram ads. Work on LinkedIn. Make it so that you become the local expert. And you know what? They're right. Over time, if you do enough of it, It'll probably work. And I'm going to say probably with air quotes. But over how much time and how much time do you guys have to wait to generate one lead from all these passive lead generation activities? You don't. Most of you right now need a closing right now, don't you? So you have a choice. Are you going to be a proactively generator or are you going to be a passively generator? In other words, a passively generator, somebody that's hoping and praying that some marketing effort or branding effort or advertising effort that they're doing eventually works into some sort of consistent lead generation thing. And they fool themselves into believing, well, all my TikToking and all my Instagramming is going to somehow create this, um, this tsunami, this enormous mountain. Of branding for me that I'm only going to be the, I'm going to be the only person they think of when it comes to actually uh, you know thinking about buying or selling real estate. Well, it's not true. When you do a post on social, that post itself is perishable. As soon as you post it up. 10 minutes later, it's gone, effectively. Consumers aren't going back and looking at your old this's and your old that's, are they? It's just a big flash in the pan whether or not the algorithm decides to let how many people in your list actually see that particular message, whether or not that message actually resonates with them. That's the problem ultimately with marketing and branding and buying business is that you are rolling the dice as to whether it will ever work, let alone work in, you know, essentially quick enough for you to generate the now money that all of you need. That's the reason. We are always going to tell you to be a proactive lead generator first. And if you want to enhance the proactive lead generation with the passive lead generation, go for it. Proactive lead generation is actually having direct conversations. With people who want to know, who want to basically work with an agent about buying and selling real estate. We talk about it endlessly on this podcast, endlessly on uh, in our Premier Coaching program, which, by the way, you guys can scroll down below and you can join Premier Coaching for free, right? You know, it's in the same section where all of our notes appear. So scroll below, read the notes, join Premier Coaching, and we'll teach you how to be a proactively generator. If you are tired of struggling, wondering where your next paycheck is going to actually come from, if you're tired of hoping and praying that the lead generation widget that you're subscribing to, the latest shiny object you got some email or text from is actually going to be what you've been looking for. If you're tired of actually running a air quote business like that, why don't you learn how to be a proactive lead generation and be in control? So I'm going to give you guys an example. Chuck Williamson, we talk about him Mm -hmm. on this podcast occasionally because he's a really great example. The list of EXP Realty came out and I believe he was number eight. For total commissions earned at eXp Realty. I actually may have been number seven. That's fantastic. Chuck is somebody Julie and I have coached for a long period of time. So here's the thing about Chuck all of his business comes from proactive lead generation. And I kid you not, when he joined eXp Realty, I had to show him how to use Facebook. He'd never used Facebook. And he's in his mid-40s.
1: And doesn't have a big team.
0: Yeah. Oh, you know what? Last time I said he's in mid-40s, he corrected me and said he's 43. Oh, okay. Well. <laughs> but that was last year. So technically, so Chuck. So right. <laughs> so if you're listening, Chuck, technically you're now in your mid-40s, right? But that is how he does his business. And Chuck earns, uh, you know, I'm not going to say, but a significant amount of money, 100,000 agents at EXP, and he's number seven, so you can do the math. And he does it all from proactive lead generation. He does it all from furiously fast lead follow-up, all because he knows how to pre-qualify. He's not... Not, there's no special plates he's spinning. He's not running billboards or running around with a whole bunch of branded bus stop signs or you know urinal cakes or some of the other things that you guys spend money on. He is being a proactive lead generator, and he's cleaning up. and I have to say he is actually, and I you know Chuck, you can correct me if I'm wrong. But He's having an easier time now selling real estate than he did 10 years ago because this whole new batch of agents that have gotten the business especially in the last 15 years, most of the you know quote-unquote coaches and gurus out there are telling them to buy their business telling them to brand to market to all these the rest of these things these things had it been 15 years ago they would have those same agents would have been taught go out be a proactively generator learn how to actually present learn sales skills learn how to do furiously fast lead follow-up. So the agents that have come in in the last, say, 10 or 15 years, they're not learning how to compete with Chuck, thus making it so he has fewer competitors. You guys get the point? you got to open your minds to the enormous opportunity that um, you know selling real estate is, especially this year. And But you've got to move your mindset towards where the actual market wants you to be, which is being a proactive lead generator, which is having real meaningful conversations with folks that results in you helping someone and making a commission check.
1: So point number three, we're talking about five things to make sure that you are very aware, well aware of as a real estate professional or staying in real estate. Number three, focus on listings from day one listings generate more business buyers do not there are sellers who have to sell but no buyer ever has to buy that is a a fact in real estate that many
0: people don't realize and people love to argue with us about that. i
1: know Well, what about the 1031 exchange what about this what about that well they could just pay the taxes they never do that
0: but i mean the market now is proof every buyer there's no such thing as a buyer that has to buy right julie just said it 1031s you could argue maybe have to buy but they could just pay the taxes Yep. Relocating
1: executive? How about that?
0: Well, yeah. I mean, they can just rent exactly, and a lot of companies encourage, especially in the upper end, encourage the uh, their relo executives to rent. A buyer could just stay put. A buyer could just keep their old house. A buyer, you guys get it? Buyers never have to buy. They can always change their mind, and often do.
1: And, you know, even if somebody wants to buy, even if they have a strong want to buy, that doesn't even mean that they're qualified to buy. We have that whole issue, too. We've done entire
0: podcasts on pre-qualifying buyers. Well, but the key word is want to versus have, have to. to, right? That's right. So want to, and there's strong want to. Obviously, buyers buy. I'm not saying buyers don't buy. We're not buy. anti-buyer. No, of course not. They clearly buy. But the sellers, there are sellers out there that absolutely positively have to sell their house. The option of selling the house or not selling the house, it's far more onerous than the option of, uh, you know, keeping the house. Did I say that right? That's
1: right. (laughs) And really the point about number three, focusing on listings are that listings generate more business. Buyers, maybe they personally buy. That's one transaction. There's no guarantee that they're going to keep generating for you.
0: But maybe that buyer also has a house to sell.
1: It depends. Exactly. So that's why we have to lead with listings. In order for you to be an absolute listing machine, you'll need to have a pre-listing package, not just the one your company gives you, but one that's unique to you that is proven for you. A listing presentation, a buyer presentation, especially now, and pre-qualification scripts. Don't wing it and expect to be successful. That'll probably work for most of you two or three times, maybe if you're lucky a few more times and then you're going to find out you've got to be more professional. So get the help you need before you actually need it so you don't waste time failing. And I'm thinking about agents that were sailing along no problem past clients center of influence people in their sphere, they've popped a few deals especially when the market was hotter, but now they've got to go out and hunt for more business. They might have to compete and because they've been, you know, pretty successful with people they know, They make that assumption until they're having to go on an appointment where maybe the spouse also has some contact. Maybe now you've got to compete. And maybe even on a buyer side, excuse me, on a buyer side, you have to present your value now because all that's changing as well. So you have to have these presentations before you need them.
0: That's right. Point number four, Julie
1: Harris. Number four, you have to make more contact more frequently than you think to a greater variety of people to get consistent results. A contact is a conversation about real estate about a deci- with a decision-making adult. 10% of your database should transact with you yearly or refer somebody to you who does. This means that you have to be contacting them regularly as well as expanding your database for these rules to
0: work. So much packed into that. So yes. first of all, generally speaking, you're going to get three transactions from every sale. Buyer or seller side should create other transactions if you ask. Not just automatically.
1: When you ask. When you
0: ask. Right. Well, if too. But Julie likes when, right? When you ask and you ask in such a way that you feel comfortable asking – But at the same time, so they feel comfortable actually helping you, then you're gonna get referrals. If you just think you did a great job, so and so loves you, blah, 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 and they're gonna start sending me referrals. No, they won't. You have to tell them that you want referrals. You guys are thinking, well, Tim, what are you talking about? Of course they know I want referrals. No, they don't. You have to ask. Because otherwise they're gonna think, well, you know what? You know, Bob just sold my house, but you know, he did a great job, man. I love Bob. I'm gonna tattoo a Bob on my butt, right? (laughs) But the fact is. Is that Bob must be really busy? He didn't, you know, he didn't call me, he doesn't ask me for business. Yeah, I get Bob's you know, postcard in the mail and I get his tchotchkes that he occasionally drops off on my doorstep, you know, forget me not seeds in April and whatnot, but he's never actually called me. You know, he's never actually called me and you know checked in. They don't they don't consciously think like that. I'm not saying that, but that is how they actually think. And if you are out of the habit or never have actually made direct contact with your centers of influence and past clients, as a for example, you can jump right back in there because for the most part, you jump right in and you use one of our scripts and you're bringing something of value to that call and then you end the call with, oh, by the way, Julie, who do you – before I forget to ask – who do you know who's thinking about buying or selling real estate in this market that I should be helping? In the call like that, you guys can iterate on that as much as you want, and they will. you will be surprised how frequently, after you've shown your willingness to actually follow through and call them on a regular basis every single month, you'll find that they'll start bringing you leads or send you leads in between your calls. And notice what I just said. Call, conversation, the phone, or you can even FaceTime them. It's all good but that cost you nothing. Well, Tim, what are you saying? My time took me, uh, you know, basically was something. Yes, but you're making a contact to somebody. You're talking with them, or maybe you're looking at them. How much more powerful is that for you versus receiving something in the mail? How many emails have you gotten just today? How many texts have you gotten today? How many different times have you marketed to today? Billions and billions of times, but how many times has someone actually called you and made direct contact with you? That's the reason that the agents that are paying proactively generators are kicking butt right now because everyone else is being passive.
1: Well, that's very well put. And I come to mind uh, John Salman in the panhandle of Florida, okay? One of my elite coaching clients. He's excellent. He is excellent. And one of the reasons that he is excellent is that he is not weird about what you just described. He has normalized asking for business. He has worked it into his conversation. Yes, he's using scripts, but he doesn't sound scripted. He's not weird about asking for business. He could be anywhere talking to anybody, And he's talking about real estate.
0: Well, Rob Johnson, who I believe is still the number one agent in Greenwich, Connecticut, you know, and we coached him for a long time. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. One of the, you know, frankly, one of my favorite past coaching clients. Um, but here's the deal with him. So he wouldn't call. He told me straight up when I had our first call, he also your coach him you know, as mm-hmm. well. He said straight up, I am not ever going to do, you know, he didn't say it like this, but basically I'm never going to do any proactively generation. So he said, I will never actually make a phone call to anybody. He said, my neighbor could have their house for sale by owner <laughs> and I'm not going to ask them about their house. Okay. That's kind of, the I'm my... not going to cold call. Exactly. Yeah. That was the mindset he had. And we said, okay, fine. What will you do? And then he started riling off all the things he'll do. He'll he you know he'll socialize existing socializing through golf, and he belonged to a shooting club and a cigar, cigar club. smoking club yeah. and all these other types of things. So he was making contacts with people, and he was actually scheduling those contacts and doing them on a regular basis. But what he wasn't doing was he wasn't reminding them that he was in the real estate business and would welcome new opportunities to help them or their friends or family members. As soon as he started doing that. His business took off. Some of you guys know Rob. You've heard Rob speak before. He will tell you exactly what I just said. As soon Because otherwise, you know, he's playing golf with somebody at some fancy Greenwich uh, Country Club or whatever. They're going to assume that he's super busy. Otherwise, you know, he wouldn't have time to take off and play golf in the middle of the day. They would have assumed... That he's selling in Greenwich, where the average sale price is probably close to twenty million, yeah. they would assume. Well, he doesn't need my business. I'm not going to, you know, ask him for. You know, I'm not going to try to send my. Uh, I brand. only have
1: a five million dollar house. Maybe he only deals with the ultra wealthy. And
0: that was another problem yep. he had too. Sure. Right. They, he was. He, they they were pigeonholing perception. him. Right. Perception. Soon as he started saying, "Oh, by the way, who do you know who's thinking about buying or selling?" He changed it obviously a little bit. You know, he's, <it>. he's British, <laughs> so it sounded a hell of a lot more proper than the way I'm selling it. <laughs> Are saying it, but he said, Listen, by the way, who do you know who's thinking about buying or selling real estate in this market that I should be helping? He soon, as soon as he started doing that, and by the way, one thing Rob did start doing, and remember, he told me he'd never made proactive lead generation calls, right? He actually started calling his centers of influence and past client list. Rob, if you're listening, you better still be doing it. So he, and that was basically what all of our coaching But was he became about. more comfortable doing that. Well, because he was calling them because after he went through the initial stage of hell no, I will never do it. And then he started making the calls. And as soon as he realized that the people weren't going to bite his head off.
1: And he was getting results. And he it. was
0: getting results. Well, guess what? The results made it so he was addicted to actually doing more of it. And people, he, he tells me this story uh, that he got, people got so um, expectant that he was going to ask for referrals. When he would ask his version of, by the way, who do you think – who are you thinking about? Who do you know this thing about buying or selling real estate in this market that I should be helping? They would oftentimes finish the sentence for him. <laughs> so it became kind of a joke. But the mm-hmm. reality of it was is it totally worked. And he had one of the most expensive – I think he um, sold – he did. He sold a house for $50 million. That's amazing. And it was a referral not from a consumer mm-hmm. but actually from an agent in New York from Manhattan who he also had are. asked for business you know, networking.
1: Well, so here's the thing. You said a lot, and we've been sharing a lot about our coaching clients who don't just say, hey, that was a great podcast. It was a great coaching call. They're actually living the life. They're doing something about it. Well, they're
0: the ones that have joined coaching. I mean, Absolutely. Th- this podcast will be downloaded and listened to by 15, 20,000 different agents. Mm-hmm. I know, you know. that not all of them are going to want to join Premier Coaching because a lot of them aren't ready if we're just being honest. That's
1: okay. I mean, they're just,
0: they're dabblers, right? Mm -hmm. But the ones that are serious, that are ready to go to the next level, they're joining Premier Coaching or more importantly, Mm -hmm. they're actually contacting me directly about joining Elite Coaching. Mm -hmm. And the link to do so is also down below along with a little questionnaire that you can complete to frankly find out if you're qualified for Elite Coaching. It's down in the description.
1: Well, and so what I like about what you were, you were using, Rob, as an example about this point that you have to make more contact, you have to ask, for the business is that you were showing through coaching because he had started out with the mindset, I'm not going to make any cold calls. That's not for me. They all
0: do. And and everybody thinks (laughs) that. Everyone does too. I mean,
1: you and I used to think that. Okay. And so because of coaching, because of your conversations, you helped him work that out and find his way of doing it. This is a lot of work that we do in elite coaching. It's not that all of you – there's a, a, a script floating around where that has to do with this where you're supposed to say, hey, Tim, when do you plan on moving? Nobody's ever going to say that. That's too direct for most people. But the theme is the same, ask for business. So Rob first did it in person, and many of you listening are going to be way more comfortable. John Solomon that I mentioned in Florida, he's more comfortable doing it in person. It, you get well, a lot more feedback. That's okay. And then you can expand for you – Take the theme, personalize it, and then get your results.
0: So Julie and I, in our early 20s, sold over 100 homes. We were the National Association of Realtors, Agents of the Year, and their rookie category or whatever. We sold 103 houses with our pendings. How did we do it? People still ask us to this day. We were proactively generators and the point Julie just made is we were actually a lot of for sale by owners. We were going after for sale by owners that had to, um, you know, and we'd knock on their door. And we were working with a lot of buyers because guess what? We were doing a lot of open houses of the other for sale by owners that we got to list with us. And a lot of the for sale by owners that we were selling you won't be, you hopefully not be surprised when I tell you this, they were actually looking to move up and buy a house. So we knew that every FISBO we were going to do would usually result, we were going to list was usually going to result in two transactions. At least. And a lot of the listings of those homes that we originally, you know, that we were uh, listing, they were in, we were ending up selling those to our own buyers. You guys get it? That's how simple this business is. If you don't let it be complicated and Julie and I've been listening to a lot of uh, you know podcasts and reading a lot of books lately, and we're doing mm-hmm. a, a great podcast. Julie's writing it about Charlie Munger. And the first point she was telling me about on our walk today or yesterday actually was basically don't overcomplicate things.
1: Yes. You don't have to know a ton of stuff about a ton of things, but you do have to whittle down your specifics for you. That's going to work for you on a daily basis. So, Smaller things that are very succinct. I've been working with, uh, I did a bunch of calls today with elite coaching clients on that. I'm working on that personally and getting that down into something you can really concentrate on and execute on and not feel like you have all these thoughts floating around. What am I supposed to do today? No, you you know exactly what you do based on your plan.
0: Well, because you feel when you're getting results, you actually feel differently. When you do an activity that you know is going to result in, you know, essentially building forward momentum, It the activity itself feels different. And I'll give you an example. So does it feel different for you to have a meaningful conversation with five people about buying or selling real estate, just the actual act of having a conversation Following one of our conversation outlines, aka scripts, mm-hmm. that results in you at the very least having meaningful conversations that may or may not result in a real estate transaction. Maybe you even generate a lead from it. Doesn't that very activity feel significantly more powerful than doing five Facebook posts or even making a YouTube video? Of course, right. It but ours, our effort, that effort that you're going to put forth. It is going to have a greater impact because you're cutting out the middleman. You're cutting out the YouTubers and the Facebook and, and the, the Instagram and the direct mail. You're removing the speculation. You're not worried about hacking the algorithm so maybe mm. your video gets shown. You're calling the person that actually probably wants to do a deal, if not now, sometime in the future. Do you guys get it? So why aren't you doing it? You're not doing it because you don't know how to do it because you're talking yourself out of doing the real work of real estate. And I don't want to be super clear. Julie and I are huge advocates of branding, marketing, and social media. We do a ton of it, don't we? But But we know that ultimately the most successful agents that we coach that we've ever coached are always proactive lead generators and they enhance the proactive lead generation with the passive lead generation. So if you have to choose between doing one of the two, you do the proactive lead generation and then you can even, Chuck doesn't do any passive lead generation. But a lot of our most, you know, I say sophisticated agents, what they're doing is they specialize in a geographic area, generally speaking. They're definitely proactively lead generating into that market. And they enhance it with passive lead generation. So they might run specific Facebook community ads to the people that live in that overall community. Or they might do you know, meetups or they might do other things, right? So what they're doing is they're reinforcing their passive lead generation with the passive lead generation. With, with the-
1: Active with passive. Oh, sorry, I yes. got
0: it backwards. And then what happens is when they do make that proactive lead generation contact to that person, the person may already have some level of familiarity with them because of the passive lead generation. You guys get it? But if you want to know why your passive lead generation sucks, it's because you're not doing the proactive lead generation. Some of you have spent countless amounts of money and time and effort trying to build your brand and good for you. Now the way to actually make it work, to make everything click, to make it so you actually get paid for all the effort and the money you put into it is start making the proactive lead generation contacts. That is the key to your success. Well, very well put. Our final
1: point today, our five points of realization for being in real estate. Number five is a mindset point. Your mindset has to be that you are in real estate, not that you're trying it out, dabbling, seeing how it goes, or waiting for the market to change so you can be transactional. Agents who are one foot in, one foot out never succeed or never succeed for long. They might do a handful of deals, but if you're dabbling, now let me set that aside for a second. If real estate is your side hustle, it's your part-time thing, and you're working a full-time job, I'm not necessarily applying this to you, okay? I'm talking about somebody who has said, real estate is my living, but mentally, they're not quite there. They're in not words, all in.
0: They've claimed that they're living, and yet they're dying, not selling real estate. Well, exactly, because,
1: because their head's not in the game.
0: Well, they're... It's because they're not willing to do what they don't want to do when they don't want to do it at the highest level. Right. Because no one other than Julie and I actually will tell you guys that. Well, and you listened to an interview with Arnold Schwarzenegger today. It's a great interview. I'm not done
1: with it yet, but yes. He says the
0: same thing. He actually has his own iteration of that, right? Yeah, absolutely. And and so does Mike Tyson, by Uh the way. You know, if you want to actually win consistently, if you ever want to have increasing levels of success in your business and personal life, Mike Rowe, I listened to a podcast Mm -hmm. with him the other day. You have to do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level usually over long periods of time, far longer than anyone will actually admit to. And that's the unfortunate truth. But if you want ever increasing levels of of success in your business and personal life, say it with me. You have to do Do what what you don't don't want to to do do. when you don't don't want to do it it at the highest level. And maybe that means you're going to have to learn how to be a proactive lead generator. Maybe that means you're going to have to learn how to pre-qualify or present. But once you master the skill, your life becomes so much better.
1: It does. And it's funny, the uh, interviews that you just mentioned and the one I was talking to you about, uh, Schwarzenegger, when I was in between calls talking to you about that, you said something, you know, isn't it interesting that success leaves breadcrumbs, success leaves clues? All of what you just rattled off, they all have the same thing as what you just said do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it. Um, one of the things that I noticed is this point, number five you've got to be all in to the point where It's not acceptable for you to not do it. Things like following your schedule, making your contacts. It's
0: revolting. It absolutely makes it so that you are feeling like the biggest loser ever if you haven't done that particular activity that particular day. That's
1: right. And so that means you've got to disallow yourself from not doing that, right? I've had a lot of coaching calls about, you know, we're resetting some goals and things like that. Life becomes easier when you just do the work and you don't make all i I listened to another thing that was talking about how stressful it is to your brain to have to make all of these micro decisions <clears throat> excuse me decisions all day long. am I going to prospect or not? Am I going to call that person back? Am I going to take care of that inspection or not? Am I going to get out of bed on time? Am I going to go to sleep on time? Am I going to run around in my pajamas today or not? okay? These are all little subconscious micro decisions that are eating up your life's energy when you remove that, and one of the things that Arnold said on his thing was, I don't, when I wake up, I don't think, he said, I just do. I have a morning routine that works for me and my family. I wake up, I turn the coffee machine on, I feed my animals, I go work out, I do this and that. I don't give myself an option for every day to be different, for me to do it or not do it. I don't think I just do it. And I think that that's a common thing for us, for our podcast listeners, I can't wait for them to all meet each other because they have so many great things that they can discuss. They can ask each other, what's your most proactive lead generation that's working for you? Tell me about your morning routine. If you guys are not you know, wanting to do that because you're not sure about content, we're giving you lots of questions to ask each other and to network with each you other at the and have commonality at the events right. so that you can have that community of like-minded people around you. But I, I think that these points today are things that are absolute facts about real estate, well, these life. five points about life, but that you've got to accept them because none of what we talked about today can you change.
0: Yeah, and really none of this is in conflict with a lot of you guys who want to have things be a little bit more mystical. I know there's a lot of you know people that use words like attraction and the universe is going to deliver whatever you – you know those types of things. Everything we're saying is actually 100% in alignment with that just, a lot of you just need to realize that it's the amount of action you take that's going to result in the amount of attraction that you absolutely manifest in your yeah. lives. That is really at the end of the day what the bottom line is. So, listen. Thank you for keeping this the number one listened to daily podcast for real estate professionals in at least the United States. Scroll down, register, RSVP for the local meetup that we're doing in your market. If you're if you're not finding a uh, one already established for your local market, then let's establish one. Go ahead and put uh, click the button to propose an event. And I've already told our events team to approve any proposed events. And also, while you're there, make sure you jump into Premier Coaching. It's the next natural step for all of you in this very turbulent, very exciting, rapidly changing real estate market. Have a fantastic day. We'll talk with you on the show tomorrow. Hello. Thank you for having watched this video. Please remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel.
1: That's right. And don't forget to hit that like button, leave your comments and questions below, and we will get right back with you.
0: Thank you for watching this video. Remember to watch the next one. You're going to love that one.
1: This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.